Are you glad you're here this morning? Excited to be in God's house and to be here with you and most importantly him. He's in the room this morning and he's here to do what he does and that is to impact our lives sometimes in ways that we don't even expect or we don't even anticipate. His ways are beyond our ways and they're beyond finding out sometimes and it happens in real time and that's the way he works. Continuing in our blessed sermon series today from Psalms 1. So if you have your Bibles or the Bible on your uh, phone or whatever way you can get to Psalms chapter 1, please turn there. King David coining these words thousands of years ago. And it's awesome to see them apply to our lives today. Hopefully from the past two or three weeks you've taken in and gleaned from this blessed series and we will not finish today. Everybody say, that's okay. (laughs) Just tell me, say, I love you, long-winded pastor. (laughs) Talked to somebody last week and they said, how in the world do you talk for 40 minutes about one verse? (laughs) I don't know. It just is there and hopefully it applies. And and I saw some people's posts and things from last week's service that... uh, I know sometimes, I just want to let you know this, sometimes when you preach a message, I leave here thinking that was a dud. And last week was one of them weeks, I just couldn't sense it, and it, it was just there, but, and then throughout the week, I just continued to see the fruit of that message, and God's Word always works, whether we feel it or not. Amen. The song they just sang said, I'm not going to go by emotions. Amen. Why? Because emotions will fool me. Because that's my humanity side. God created our emotions. He wants us to use them. He, he lets us cry. He lets us sing. He lets us dance, as it said in the second song. And all those are beautiful things in our emotions that God uses. But sometimes he's beyond that. So, Psalms chapter 1, start at verse 1. Blessed is the man or woman, as we've said all throughout this, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Verse 3, he shall be planted like a tree by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season whose leaf also also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The godly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this series. We thank you for these words that you allowed King David to write so many years ago. God, I pray that you would make this message applicable to our hearts, 
that our mind would be able to hear what you're saying through our ears, that our heart would be receptive to the word that you're giving us, and God, that action would take place this week. Lord, that we could apply your word, and it would cause us to be rooted and grounded in your truth, that our lives would be prosperous, just as you say in this passage. God, I pray for prosperity for those sitting in this room that are watching today that will listen in the future. God, I pray over the bridge as a congregation in our community. Be with us, lead and guide us in all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've taken three weeks to get through two verses, and uh, uh, it's been a pathway, but we're still there. And today we're uh, finishing up this positive side of the message series, and, and, and next week we'll begin the journey down the other side of the hill. And verse 3 is what we're looking at today, and it says, He shall be planted... He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So in saying this, King David is writing these words and he's painting a picture and trying to cause the readers and the singers to understand that this is life. And for this to be Psalms 1 is a, apparently a pretty important thing for this to be listed first. There's hundreds of psalms. So in their day and in their culture and in their time, these were the songbooks and the songs listed in the songbook for the children of Israel. So this is actually words of a song. And as their method and their music is a different style than the style we use today, uh, even here in this room, and if you've never listened to Hebrew music, you ought to go and, and look at that and listen to that a little bit. It's a, it's a cultural thing. But how many knows God uses all cultures for his glory? Amen. I grew up in a church that sang hymns, and I love hymns. I love the old hymns, and uh, there's a lot of purpose and reason behind the hymns, but they weren't always around. That was something that began in the 1800s where the hymns began to be written and become a normalcy in the church. Prior to that, there was a different type of singing. And it's all style-based, but we can't get locked up into one version of what God's doing. To hem ourselves in and say, my way's the only way. Amen? Churches are on dangerous ground when they begin to say, only my group gets to go to heaven. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter what's written over the door. It literally does not. There's going to be Methodists in heaven. There's going to be Baptists in heaven. There's Pentecostals in heaven. There's Catholics in heaven. There's all kinds of flavors that God uses on this earth to reach people for his glory. And I'm thankful for that. And he lets us be individuals, but our individuality needs to be in a community. God created community. And you're in a community here today. 
that God has put together and assembled to do his work. We're not the only answer in the community, but we can be an answer if we allow him to speak to us and let's do what he says. So in reading through this psalm, uh, King David, he starts the word with blessed. And this is a whole series that's taught around this blessed. How many is blessed? How many is blessed and highly favored? <laughs> Beyond measure. God does more for me than I deserve. That's what you're saying when you say that. I don't deserve what I get, but he gives it to me anyway. His mercy is new every morning. The Bible says his grace is sufficient for me. Amen. Which means I didn't earn it. I can't earn it, but he gives it to me anyway. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he loved us. In our mess, he saw potential. He designed us for greatness and created us for greatness because he knows what we're capable of even when we don't think we are ourselves. So as he says that, blessed, it means... In the original word, it means happy is he. How many like to be happy? <laughs> How many likes being sad? They say misery loves company, don't they, Dusty? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some people that like sadness, but uh, I, I, I choose to try to not be sad. Now, am I saying my situations never create emotions that makes me feel sad? I'd be lying if I said that's not the case. Because sometimes we get in places that causes us to be in sadness, but it should be a temporal basis for a moment. Amen? That grief can take and do its work because it's part of what God created. It creates us in us a willingness to come out of it understanding God's got a bigger purpose than I thought. He can do more than I expect. So blessed, happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So it starts off, these verses are that he's telling you what not to do in verse 1. Okay? Look at your neighbor and say, don't do those things. Verse 1, don't do that. He walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, right? He don't sit in the seat of the scornful. He don't stand in the way of sinners. That's, that's things not to do. Three things. That should be pretty simple. Just three. Don't do those. Then in verse 2, he goes into the other side, what you should do. Look to your neighbor and say, there's some things you shouldn't do, and there's some things you should do. <laughs> and these two things, A plus B equals C. And we want outcomes, don't we? We want to be productive. We want to be uh, accomplishing some things. We don't want to just be idle. We want to move forward. How many wants progress? Amen? In your religion, in your relationship with God, I want progress. I desire to do something. I don't want to be stagnant or stale, an old fuddy-duddy. Even though I've got gray in my beard, I can still be vibrant in God's kingdom. Amen? He's not done with me yet. Amen. And just believe that and, and go through life with that kind of example to say, I, I'm not finished. He's got me breathing air. He's got my blood flowing. And why is that happening? Because he's got a purpose. There's a plan for what he's doing with me. He's not finished yet. So if you're not in the grave, you've got a purpose. 
Amen? Once you go to the grave, after that's the judgment, and you're going to take account for everything that happens, and you can't do anything else after that. But right now, you've got an opportunity to do something for God's kingdom. Impact our community. Do something positive. Be happy for a moment and say, God, I'm glad that you're doing something with me. But verse 2 is telling you what you should do. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. Meditation. Meditation has different forms. Some people think when you say meditation, they're going to think you're sitting there with your legs crossed in Indian style that I can't get down here and do, and sit with your arms out and go, hmm. Somebody else can do that illustration. I'm not going to try. My hips pop out of joint. I want to get up, Dusty. You'd have to help. Preach sitting down, right? Meditation. Think about. Ponder. Consider. Dwell on. What if his word was so real and so tangible in our life that we literally were consumed by it night and day? It doesn't mean just read. It doesn't mean just gaze upon one word of the verses we like. It means to think about continuously. That his word establishes our goings, it says in scripture. There's so many verses that I could, we could just take off through right now and not go any farther, but we've got to go somewhere here. There is a lot of verses in there about meditation. And if you haven't been thinking about him or thinking about his word or thinking on these things or pondering these things for a season now, it's time to regroup today and say, God, I'm going to begin to dwell on your word again. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to potter. I'm going to consider. I'm going to do these things. And it's going to be tangible in my life because something that he's going to cause to come back to my memory through the Holy Spirit is going to illuminate something that I'm facing in a situation that will get me out of what I'm dealing with. Amen? Amen? He's going to have a difference and cause an impact. Why? Because his word is alive. This is a living book that we hold in our laps or on our phones. It's real. It's alive. How many has ever heard a sermon or listened to a song at a certain point in your life and turned on Christian music and maybe the testimony that they've given on Caleb or something was right on time? How many's ever had that to happen? It was like, how could that be? It's God. That's his word that's living. It's living water. So as this happens, that you know what not to do, that you know what to do, now what are we going to do? What you shouldn't do, what you should do. And when you should do something and you begin to do that, guess what happens? <laughs> that's the moment of transformation. That's when things truly shift and change and become in an instant that life changes how many's given your life to Jesus? You, you have my life. It's all yours. I'm tired of living for myself, and I give it to you. So I'm really, really close. I'm this close to being there. It's, it's literally this close for me that there's more of him than there is of me. And the reason I'm saying that is this. From 1976 till 1999, I did my life my way. 
And now I'm at that point, my birthday's coming up Tuesday. Leslie says it's Tuesday, is that right, or it's Wednesday? Okay, <laughs> somewhere there about midweek. She always gets hers first, that's my, my Jeanette. <laughs> Today's her birthday, happy birthday, Leslie. As I said in my post while I go on Facebook, she'll get her 4.0 finally <laughs> next year. <laughs> and this birthday is a point in my life, and it'll come up in October here for my true birth when I gave my life to Jesus in October of 1999. And I bowed at an altar and I prayed a prayer. And, and I said something, I said, I'm not giving up, I'm not going back, and I'm not doing this partially. I'm all in. Has it been perfect since then? Absolutely has not. I've had some heartache, I've had some heartburn. I've had situations, I have times I've wanted to walk away, and there's times that I wanted to go higher than I've ever been. That's Christianity. And this year, after October, I will have been saved longer and more than I will have been as a life outside of Christianity. And that is a, a point in time. And you need to take that in, in regard to yourself too. Think about that. Because if you're just in this for a season, you're in it for the wrong reason. And God is a seasonal God and there is four seasons in a year and we get this. We understand this. The Bible talks about these things. There's festivals that God gave the, the Jews back years ago that were about seasons and celebrations. And there's purpose for all those, but those seasons are not an ending. They are a continuum. Seasons come and seasons go. Look at your neighbor and say, I thank God for this season. Amen. I thank God for this season. Is it easy? No. Is it hard? Yeah. But we need to be thankful. That's what the song said, wasn't it? Whether on the mountain or in the valley, you know, I'll be singing for joy on top of the mountain. I'll be dancing for joy in the valley. I'm going to do both because they're coming. Both of those are seasons. We go through them, but God is through a, with us through it all. So, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And my thought is this for today. He shall be like a tree. And as I begin to ponder that, Dusty, or think about that, what, why, why would David use the imagery of a tree and not a plant? Because a corn stalk, Derek, will grow for a year. And when it bears its fruit, it's done. But a tree, it'll go through this year. It'll put off some apples or pears or peaches or figs or whatever fruit it's going to bear. I like plums. Anybody like plums? Mom and Dad had a plum tree when I was a kid. When it began to have fruit, they would be all over the ground so thick, great big old fat plums like this, and I'd eat so many I'd get sick because it was good fruit. But you can only stand so much. But a tree is one that doesn't end with the season. 
it decides to stand there and get through winter and lose its leaves and look like it's dead. But inside, it's standing there saying, tomorrow's coming. Come on, somebody. Tomorrow is coming. It may look like I'm dried up. It may look like by all appearance that this is over, that there's no more, and there's nothing more to be had. But guess what? Next year's a coming. Amen? God's going to continue something in your life. So if you're going through a dry season, if you're in a stale place, and it seems like that you've been through this stage, and you're in a season of despair, of whatever, just look up. Look up to the mountain from which cometh your help. Amen. God is coming. There's another season coming. There's another day coming. Don't give up. Don't be a cornstalk. Be a tree. Amen. Decide in your heart today, when I give my life to Jesus, I didn't do that for one season to get me out of the heartache that I was in because I was in a position of heartache. When I gave my life to Jesus, I'd went through a breakup. I'd had a bad time. And I gave my life to Jesus because I was hurting, Dusty. But I didn't do it for a temporal basis just so he could give me some kind of quick fix that I could feel high for a minute. I gave him my life because I knew I've been making a mess of this for 23 years and I'm ready to go on and do something else. Amen. I'm ready for a change to happen and for God to do something through me that I couldn't do for myself. I need some outside power to get me through this stuff called life. And I didn't want to be a cornstalk. I wanted to be a tree. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you made of? Now look at the neighbor on the other side that you didn't talk to and say, what are you made of? <laughs> Amen, your DNA. What, what is it? Why, why do you exist? Are you, just, are you in church right now for a season? Are you going through a heartache and hurt and, 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 and a struggle? And you're just here to try to get through a little while and need God to fix you for a minute? Or are you here to serve him and say, no longer do I live, but yet Christ lives in me? What are you doing today? I'm not here temporal. I'm here to stay. Amen? In this thing called church, I'm here to stay. And it may seem to others and say, well, why is that? And why is this? And look at that. And look at Just step back and say, long haul, baby. God, I'm in it. Amen. What Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Withered leaves does not mean it's time to throw in the towel. It means it's time to stand rooted and grounded in the ground that you're in and saying, I'm here and another season's coming, and I'm just going to wait. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. They shall run and not faint. They shall soar. What are you going to do? There's people in this room, you're listening, you're hearing, but the Holy Spirit's knocking and saying, apply this right here. Stop living right here and apply this right here. Make a decision today, not with this, but with this, to say, heart's going to take precedence. I'm not going to think my way out of this storm I'm in. I'm not going to think my way out of this mess I'm in. Because why? This mind that we have is carnal-minded. You know what the Bible says in Romans? That's enmity with God. means hatred towards God. When you think that you can fix your mess, come on, somebody. You're telling God, no, I got this. I promise you it won't end well. Amen? Humanity will not end well. But with God, all things are possible. 
Because this carnal mind we have, in Philippians, Paul goes on to say, he wrote Romans, then he goes on in Philippians, and he said, let the mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That's a different mentality. I'm ready for a change of heart and a change of mind. I'm ready for my mindset to be changed, that I will no longer walk in despair, that I'm no longer just going to walk around in the molly grubs and doing what I want to do and thinking, woe is me. But I'm going to walk around with the confidence in God Amen. that he's fixing to change some things. Amen. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So don't do this, verse 1. Do this, verse 2. Verse 3, you're like a tree. That's a statement. He didn't say you're a one-seasoned grain that will grow and put off a little bit of fruit and be done and dried up and over with. He said you're going to continue. You're going to continue. And the psalmist here is painting this picture of a tree. But sometimes a tree through a seed can grow in the wrong place. It says, I'm going to be a tree planted by the rivers of water. Amen. A tree cannot live without water. It has to have the substance come from underneath through that root system to go up through that trunk, to get through those branches, to get out to those twigs, to get to the leaf and get to the fruit. But where does the power come from? Underneath. Somewhere else. I have to have an outside source. And what is that source? I want to be by the rivers of living water. That's why Jesus told that woman at the well, I have water to drink that you know not of. And I'm thirsty today for a tangible water that I can put on my lips and give me the cup. And I want to drink some of this water that you've got in this well today. But there's something on the inside of me. And if you only know who was talking to you, guess what's going to happen? There's going to come bursting from within you a living water that will transform lives. And she had no idea what he's talking about because within a few hours, she was right back in the city center. A person that had, she went through multiple marriages, she walked right back in the middle of town, and she said, I met the Messiah. I met the one, the giver of life. And I, he told me everything that I've done wrong, and he showed me, and he painted a picture for me, and I met the one that has the living water. And it upset the town so much. They become so nosy that it says they come out to meet him. How many longs for the day? where you can talk about your Savior in such a way that they can't help but come and see who you're talking about. Amen. Where it becomes so, has the capability of reaching their heart and tugging on their heart where they no longer just sit in their madness, but they come and see who is this one that she's talking about. How can a lady that's been married five times in their culture was a train wreck? How can she be the one that has met the Messiah first? Because God shows up to the least of these. Amen. He comes and shows up to the ones that we think God has given up on. But I'm here to tell you today, my God don't give up on anybody. If they got breath in their lungs, he's still calling. He's still drawing. He's still sending you to meet them right where they're at. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on your friends. Don't give up on your neighbors. Don't give up on your community. Why? Because God is capable of changing lives. Why? Because I'm a living proof. She walked back into that town with a different mindset than she walked into it with. 
Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. With God, all things are possible. And that water coming from underneath brought substance. And is it a bunch of water? Is it a lot of water? Or is it just a little bit? How much do we want? How much can we handle? <laughs> is anybody in here feel what I'm feeling? What God's saying is, let me grow your root system so you can take in more, but it's a little bit amongst all of it. Amen? It's not one root pulling all that in. It's a lot of little roots growing out through there. And they all take in a little bit. If you'll hang around long enough and grow with Christ long enough, your root system will get bigger, and the more you take in, the more you can produce. Amen? The more he gives the substance, the water turns into fruit, Dusty. And our lives are based around, he said he would cause us, Jesus said, he, you know, to his disciples, you should be fruitful and your fruit shall remain. That means the things you're doing is going to matter. Isn't that beautiful? A little bit makes a lot of difference. Look at your neighbor and say that. A little bit makes a lot of difference. Because you can have a big storming rain and inches and inches of water fall within a 12-hour period. What happens to it? Does it soak in the ground? No. It runs off and goes somewhere else. But you can have a nice little soaking rain. Just let it soak in. A little bit will go a long way. And when it gets down in the ground, and it gets more than this deep, it can get down to the roots where it needs to get to. And the content, moisture, moisture content of the ground is important in construction and all kinds of stuff that we do. You gotta let God continue to saturate the ground around your heart so that it can get down to the roots where it can do something. And that's what he's doing today. You're a tree. There's a lot of trees in this room. And God wants fruit to come off your limbs. But he's saying, let me do the things underneath, behind the scenes. Dwell in my word and see what I'll do. Watch what happens on the outside when I do something on the inside. Your trees. There's some mighty, mighty trees in this room. And some of you are sitting here saying it seems like a season that the leaves have dropped. And there's no hope left. I promise you tomorrow's coming. Tomorrow's coming. And it's going to be a new day. Because you can start something right now that will last forever, in eternity forever. He will judge us according to our deeds. The Bible says every idle word and deed that we do will be counted in the judgment seat of Christ. 
So, me and Leslie went over to Moorhead recently to this little thing, and it, it, it's for entrepreneurs and people for starting up a business. So, you guys should have been there. The Butler Queen should have been there. Uh, I, I didn't know to invite you all, but me and Leslie went because we're nosy. And we're not starting nothing. <laughs> we got enough to do already. I wasn't going for me. Uh, but uh, And we got over there, and it was supposed to be for Eastern Kentucky as a whole. So the, the SOAR network is something. I've been going to those since 2000, I don't know, 16 or 17. 16, I think, was the first year I went. And it's, it's an awesome event. And you get out of it what you put in or what you go there and uh, how much participation are you there for? I'm not just there to make my name known. I'm there to glean from everybody else wisdom in the room. If you get in a room with 16, 17, 1,800 people from all across eastern Kentucky, Appalachia, how many knows these mountains? <laughs> we may be looked down upon by the rest of the world. But God has kept us strong through it all. Because I know when the enemy tries to steal, kill, and destroy, God's got a bigger plan. The oxycotton meals, the things that's happened, Dusty, the things that you're doing every day of your life, God's given you a purpose and a reason to do those things. You know where that started? In our mountains. Go back and watch it, some of them. There's books written about it. Basically, South Shore, Kentucky was the beginning of it all. I've sat in a room where it happened. I know firsthand. I've watched and witnessed that come into being. I didn't even have my license, but I sat in that room where that doctor would walk in for two minutes and back out. Yeah, I'll, I'll deal with all your pain. Don't have to worry about it no more. All your pain's going to be done in an instant. You're right. It brought hell upon this globe. Can anybody in here say amen? It brought hell upon this globe. But God's not finished. He's not finished. He's still working. He's still doing. He's still creating. And those people that have been addicted to those things for years, God uses for his purpose. And what the enemy meant to harm God's going to cause to work together for the good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose, his plan, his reasoning. Joe Don, what you're doing is not an accident. It's not. Somebody say amen to Joe Don. She's doing something. And we're, as a church, we're, we're with you. I, I'm with you. I. I long for the day. Despise not the day of small beginnings. And there may just be a few show up. And some weeks might be one. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. So, over at SOAR, went there with the reason to think about entrepreneurship. And I, I long for the day that we drive through downtown. I've talked about this the last couple weeks. Downtown Vanceburg, that there's businesses in every door. Amen? I, how many wants to believe with me? God, do something in our community. He wants to. He's got a calling on people to do those things. And it may start with one, and others may laugh and mock and ridicule, and oh, look at that, look at them trying to do something. 
The second you start to try to do something, that's what everybody's going to do. And ah, that never worked before. My granddaddy done that 100 years ago, and it didn't work. It ain't going to work today. Maybe he didn't use God. Come on, somebody. Maybe there's a bigger purpose. Maybe somebody else is involved in this thing. So, in that, we went over there, we sat down, and all of Eastern Kentucky was invited to Moorhead, Kentucky. And it's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I, I was expecting this huge, big, I, I thought the hillside would be full. We pull in over there. How many are there, Leslie? Maybe 25 people. How many gets disheartened whenever you've got high expectations and you pull under and there's a few? I'm talking about our humanity. I'm being real here for a minute. It's like I, had, I expected more. I'm talking about people from London to Hazard to Harlan to Ashland to Prestonsburg to Paintsville. To, I can name them all. Been there. I had high expectations. We just pull in, there's 25 people there. Great clouds over our head. They had their event outside. Those girls had worked hard. There's about four or five girls that put this event on, and they worked extremely hard. Had lights up. They had the tent set up and had all this food. They had enough pizza there to feed 10 of these churches and 25 people sitting there. And I could tell by the look on their face that they were discouraged because they tried. But you got to see the power that's in the seed. And there's some people out here making a difference. And for just 25 to show up, that's 25 seeds. And you can't count the fruit that'll come off of one seed. Come on, somebody. It may look little. It may look like there's no hope. But I'm here to tell you today, our God is a big God. And he can grow some things to do things that the people thought impossible. So we get over there and we sit there and they give us these little goodie bags. How many likes goodie bags when you go to an event? I love goodie bags. Goodie bags are awesome. I mean, you might get a Slim Jim, an ink pen, a, a magnet clip for the refrigerator for your tater chips. I mean, it, they come with all this stuff. They, they just throw goody things at goody, in the goodie bag. You know, it's like, wow, you never know. It's like a Christmas birthday present and anniversary all wrapped in one little bag. It's like, yeah. Because you don't know them. They don't know what you need. Right? I think they just throw a smorgasbord in there hoping you'll get something. So we get these bags and we're sitting there and I loved I wish I'd brought it. I'd put it on my desk at work and I, I've been using it at work. It's a little thing, it looks like a hand. And it's got two flapper things on the side of it. So instead of everybody clapping, because outside you couldn't make a lot of noise, you know, be clapping, nobody really here. But it had these little clapper things and you <laughs> So now when somebody sits down in my office, I've got that laying on my desk up there at work and they come in, if I say something, I'll just pick it up <laughs> and they'll just look at me like, who, who is this weirdo? <laughs> It's my happy hands. Amen. Yes. Cheering you on. That's what I'm doing. Sick them, right? We all need to get those for church. That'd be awesome to have on Sunday. We all have happy hands. We've got to find them, Leslie. Let's, let's, let's find them and order them. We've got to have them in one, one Sunday. Leslie can't stand that kind of stuff, but we can do it for one Sunday and get by with it probably. Um, so these happy hands are in there. So I'm using them, and, you know, they got candy bars, little candy bars, and I, 
it was a real nice event. It just really was, and the goodie bag was awesome. And and we're sitting in there, and we're, we're looking at these things, and then they bring up the guest speakers. They finally decide we're, we're going to do it, so they encourage everybody to come up and sit down in the chairs. And we go up and sit down, and there's 10 chairs for everybody. <laughs> you could lay down if you wanted to. And we sit down and start listening. A girl gets up and speaks first and goes first, and she's from down in, in eastern Kentucky to over towards South Central and I think around the London area there somewhere, but she's got a doctorate degree. And I began to listen to her, and her words made a lot of sense. How many's ever listened to people with doctor's degree and think they don't even know what they're talking about? This is not like that. I'm sitting there thinking, wow, she's speaking in a language I can understand. And I was inspired by her message. And it had my antennas up, it had my ears open. I was listening. I wasn't just listening with ears, but I was listening to listen and understand. Well, next up, how many's got certain types of people you don't like? <laughs> is, anybody, is anybody with me? There's some types of people I just don't like. I just don't, I can't help it. It's just, it's just kind of the way it is. I just don't like that kind of people. This girl was awesome. She's doing a good job. And then they bring up this guy, and I'm thinking, here we go. I'm just going to shut off, close off the valve now because I don't need him polluting what she just said. <laughs> and he begins to talk. And he's from down that area too now. But he grew up, I think he said, in New York City. How many knows New York City and Eastern Kentucky don't mix? <laughs> That's not a good combination. But how he ended up here was through drug addiction. And he had been plagued by this disease of drug addiction, and, and, he, and he ended up in a program because his brother knew about it and found out about it and got plugged in, and it's Operation Unite down in eastern Kentucky. And Todd, I'm sure you've heard of it, and it's men Leslie down when we lived down in eastern Kentucky. I, I heard about it a lot. And it's a really, really, really good thing. And they started it from nothing, and it grew into this really impactful movement that God's doing stuff through it and he went through Operation Unite got clean went out working he, he was working because they, they got him a job and, and said you got to get a job you got to keep a job you got to do this do this do this and it'll equal this and Dusty he began to do that and I was thinking like through your stories that you've where you're working and what you're doing if you can get, get them clean get their mind reset Get them in work and employment and a job. It's a pathway towards prosperity in what this verse is telling about. And when this is happening, he begins talking about that and how, the, how that in the middle of that, he began to have a dream. He was still working with his hands and doing what he was doing for his job, but his mind truly was thinking, God's got a bigger plan than this. So he started small and he started him a company. He had this dream that God's going to do something big. Because with God's all things is possible. He's sitting in church services hearing these things. He began to believe it. He began to act on it. He began to do something. 
and he started a small business. He's got millions of followers now on every social media site you can think of. He's got printing company businesses and logos and things designed that he, he designed that's selling all over the world. And today he's more successful than anybody we know because he thought. Maybe God's up to something. Maybe there's something big on the inside of me, and it may look like a little seed and just a little thought and just a little dream. But if I act on it and I plant it in the ground and God begins to water it, what's going to happen? And then others come up and spoke too, and it just was inspiring. And we're sitting around, and I was thinking, man, what if Lewis County? Because when I go to these things, I just sit there and think, what if? I'm hearing these stories about everywhere else. And what if? And I know I'm watering today some mighty oak trees in this room. But I long for a day of supernatural things happening in our community. Where the people will have to say, only God could have done that. That young man couldn't have done it. He should have, by all counts, went back and went right back in the same old life. But he said, not today. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm not a corn stalk that's just going to get planted until I get cleaned up from drugs. I'm going to stick with God, and he's still with God today. He was bragging on what God had did through him and how God was promoting his business and, and making him uh, prosperous and all he's done. He was blessed and highly favored. But in that, and I'm finished with this, I guess. It's 1131. I'm sorry. It's Leslie's birthday, and we've got to go eat. They give us this little book. 212. If anybody wants to go eat with us, where are we going, Leslie? I have no plans. Anybody got any ideals? <laughs> Help a brother out. <laughs> Joe, don't leave me abandoned, man. Come on, speak up. All right, we'll think about it and we'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> 212 degrees. And, and what this book is about, it's like a little motivational book. And I, I've got one laying on my desk and, and at work. And, and I stole Leslie's this morning. It was laying there on the counter. So here it is. And, and I begin to think all week this week I've been, I've been studying statistics. I've, I've got something I'm doing for work. And, I mean, my brain is full of numbers. And <laughs> it's just crazy what this week's been to me. But I've just kept saying little, little differences, little things. Little changes make big differences. Right. So that's what I'm wanting you to leave here with today. Be a tree that's planted by the water that gets little things. Don't worry about doing big things. God will make your little things big things when he gets involved in it. Just invite him in. So this book's a little motivational book. And it talks about the difference between 211 degree water, H2O, and 212 degree, H2O. There's a difference. Right? Any physics in the room, majors? What's the difference? Boiling point, which is what? Change of state, right? Still the same exact components, H2O. It's just in a different state. Water's good. But steam can change the world. Because back in the 1800s, 
They had boiled a lot of water throughout thousands of years of humanity on earth. But in 1800, you know what they done? They harnessed its power. And before that, in the wintertime, you had a big meal, and it had a big water wheel out there in a creek. But in the winter, it would clog up because it would ice over, and you'd have to shut down operations because it was the only means to power your store, your grist mill, clothing stores. So the season determined the outcome. But in the mid-1800s, a guy began to dream and think and try to harness, what if I could get the power of the steam? You know what the expansion rate of steam is? If you have one little cubic foot of water, you know how much space it takes to hold steam from liquid to gas? 1,700 times. Seventeen hundred. How many would like to turn every one dollar you have into seventeen hundred dollars? That puts it in perspective, don't it? Come on, somebody. That's the God component of it. That when you figure out that God's got bigger plans and can do more than you can, it's allowing him to put some fire underneath of you. And it gets you that one more degree. And that one more degree makes that much difference. It will turn something that's normally taking up this amount of space into something that will fill this room. That's why you've got a water heater in your house. And if you plug off that line, the relief valve, and you keep burning the fire underneath of it, you know what it's going to do? It's going to turn your house into splinters. Right? The show showed us that a few years ago. What was the show where they try to tear up stuff? Mythbusters. Go watch it on YouTube. Level your house. Make splinters out of it. That's what water will do. The power. It just looks like water. But when it does something different and goes to a different state, it changes everything. Little bits make lots of efforts. So, closing with this. In this 212-degree book. Any golfers in the room? Any pro golfers? Oh, what, Rowan's in there. Good good job, Rowan. I'm with you. How many's really good at golf? I'm not raising my hand. Todd's a good golfer. He, he's going to sit back there and not raise his hand, but he's a good golfer. I, I can hit a ball, and sometimes it'll go straight, and sometimes it won't, but I still try and play and have fun. But the Masters. How many's ever heard of the Masters? It's one where you get to wear the green coat, right? And, it, and not everybody gets to do that. It's pretty rare that you get to do it. Tiger Woods does multiple times, and others but it's a big deal to win the masters the average margin of victory in strokes at the masters is 0.6 strokes per day 0.6 less than a whole stroke separates the guy that wins and the guy that comes in second Because you've got to play three days. And it's 2.40 strokes throughout three days. That if you come up short, you'll be standing on the second to the top podium, not the top podium. Less than a stroke a day makes a difference. It's not a lot. 
not a lot. So on average, the guy that wins first is 77%, has 77% more dollars on average by winning first place at the Masters. So he, he walks out of there with $917,000, and the second place guy walks out with 518, which is still not bad. But $400,000 is a lot of efforts. <laughs> and also it says here that playoffs are needed to crown a winner after 72 holes. There's six. So that's 24% of the time there's a tie at the end of the Masters that they have have a playoff. That's crazy. People are that close in skill. Now, they're repetitive, and they do a lot of work to get there, but they're that close. And it, it, it takes six holes for the deciding factor of who's going to be the winner today. That's crazy. They're that good, but a little bit of difference makes that much difference. And once it gets in their head, that's the guy that loses. The guy that keeps doing what he's always done and remains faithful is the one that gets to stand on top because it's what works. Won't you stand with me? Father, we thank you for this day. God, I thank you for all thank you for all those that are standing here today. And God, they're standing here as trees. Symbolic of these verses that we just read and these stories we've just heard and these thoughts we've just th thought. God, I, I pray today. Lord, that their roots would grow deep in your word. God, that these messages that are ministered to them from this pulpit, God, would continue to be that steady, soaking rain that continues to cause their roots to expand. That they would continue to grow. God, that their branches would expand even farther. And God, that fruit would begin to bloom and to blossom. And it's fruit that will remain. God, our community needs you. And God, I expect mighty things to happen here in town here in Lewis County, here in Eastern Kentucky, and all throughout the world, that you are at work. God, we just ask that you help us to be faithful and stay in this game of life for the long haul and not be stalks of corn, but be trees of fruit. God, for those that are standing here today, God, that your Holy Spirit is ministering to them. 
and you're asking them to sell out and go all in. God, that they've been here for a season. And here today, their hearts are quaking, asking for more. And they've decided today, I want to be in it for the long haul. And I need change. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Mend their broken heart. Give them dreams and visions. And help them in all that they do. closed. Nobody looking around. If you're here today and you are standing here and, and you've came in and you can sense that the Holy Spirit is doing something in your heart and He's asking you to sell out to God and go all in. And you want to be given your life and today's the day where he's saying, I'll transform you in an instant. That instant change will happen when my son's blood covers your sins for all eternity. And you'll live in heaven with me forever. If that day is today with you, I just want you to lift up your hand if today's your day. Anybody here to say, today's my day. I want to give Jesus my life and all of it. Anybody here? He's asking. Is anyone here today that would be willing to raise your hand and say God is asking me to do more than I've been doing and I need his help just lift up your hand if you, if you say he's asking me to do more than I've been doing and I need his help just lift up your hand Father we thank you for these hands everywhere God and God I know that you are at work in their hearts and in their minds equip them to do the work of the ministry God that they would minister and their fruit would have an impact on our community God that they would begin to step out and be bold in their witness about you and what you've done in their life and they would declare your goodness on the streets just as that woman at the well went back to her community and told people that she had been around for years about a new thing that she was doing in her life God, I pray today that as they walk out these doors that you will equip them, embolden them, give them wisdom and discernment and power to create change in our community. In Jesus' name, amen.